This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity to share some thoughts about world events, current events, what's taking place, the trends, the phenomenon that we're encountering in our own times. And uh, many people like to attend shiurim and to hear stories. You can't believe anything you hear in a shir. Ah, I, once, I once heard in a shir, somebody said, you always have to know, where does it come from? What's the source? If you don't know the source, it doesn't really have any significance. So what I would like to share with you this afternoon is not anecdotal. I'm not here to tell you stories. I'm not here to tell you my salach that didn't happen, that, that shouldn't have happened, that never will happen. I'm here to tell you what Chazal have to say about what's going to transpire in the end of days and how we, how we could wrap our heads around uh, what's taking place in the world today. We want to try to get an understanding, according to Chazal, who are the world's superpowers in the end of days? What role do our cousins, does Yishmael have? What role does the United States of America have? What role does Russia have, if any? So the first thing we need to know is that one of the most fundamental concepts in Judaism is the fact that there are four exiles. And this concept that there are four exiles is alluded to time and again and again and again throughout Chazal. You could take it to the bank that any time you see the number four in Sefer Bereshis, the Medrash Rabbah will identify whether it's the four types of darkness in the second Pasuk in the Chumash, whether it's the four rivers of Gan Eden, whatever it may be, there are at least a dozen references to the number four in Sefer Bereshis, and every single time without fail, Chazal identify the number four as the four Galusim, which typically are identified as Bavel, Babylon, not too many Babylonians uh, at the hotel this uh, year. Last year, there were a couple. Persia, Parasumadai, Yavan, Greece. And then the first time Chazal identified the fourth empire, they just call it Malka Takifa, a very powerful empire, but they don't exactly tell us who it is. But after the first time that the number four appears, Bereshus Rabbah always identifies the fourth empire as Edom. Rome. Who is Rome today? Italy. The United States is considered the spiritual heir of Rome. Western culture is the spiritual heir of Edom of Rome. So we have to deal with two issues today. Number one, why are we identifying the fourth empire as Edom? What happened to our cousins Yishmael? Why isn't Yishmael considered the fourth empire? Yishmael, they seem to be powerful. They seem to want to subjugate us. They've lasted until today. Why is Yishmael not one of the four empires? In fact, actually, if you look in the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra throughout Sefer Daniel does identify Yishmael as the fourth and last empire. But Chazal do not, and the Ibn Ezra, Kedarkoi, disagrees with Chazal in what is called Bedar Chapshat. But the Ramban and the Medrash Rabbah always identify the fourth empire as Edom. Why not Yishmael? The next thing we have to understand is that Chazal sometimes break up the four empires, that each empire has two parts. So for example, in the sixth chapter of Tehillim, which uh, Ashkenazim say, 
every morning and every mincha, they skip the first pasuk, which says, Lam and then they go on to say Tachnan. In Perek Vav of Tehillim, which begins, Lam al the Medrash says, who are these eights? What is eight? What's al hashminis? And the Medrash says, the Dalid Malchiois, the Dalid Goliois, are actually eight distinct empires and exiles. Who are they? Says the Medrash. You could take a look on your sheet if you want, or you could just trust me and take my word on it, and then you'll never learn anything. So the Medrash says as follows The first empire, Bavel, Bavel is broken up into two parts Bavel, Kazdi, Babylon, the Chaldeans, the Kazdim. Madai Paras, Mar Megillah says, Paras and Madai, they went back and forth, who will be the leaders, who will be second in command. So Madai and Paras are two-parted. Then you have Yavon and Moikdan, you had Greece and Macedonia. Alexander the Great sort of took over the Greek Empire and then it was divided into four parts. So you have Yavon and Moikdan. And then finally, says the Medrash Shoichartov, what is the last Golos? Unbelievable, Yishmael and Edom. The last Golos is Golos Yishmael and Golos Edom. So even though Yishmael does not make it to the top, the Mount Rushmore of uh, Golosim, because that's Edom, nevertheless, you can break up the fourth and final Golos into Yishmael and Edom. I believe that if you look at Rashi in Sefer Zechariah, Rashi quotes this Medrash. I'm not available right now. You can tell, please take a message. Yeah. Rashi in in uh, Sefer Zechariah. No problem. Anytime. Rashi in Zechariah identifies the eight Golosim, and Rashi says Bavel Kazdi Madai Paras Antiochus Moikdon Edoim Yishma. Rashi quotes over the Medrashachadav word for word, but Rashi makes one adjustment. Instead of the way we have in the Medrash, Yishmael and Edom, Rashi says, Edom be Yishmael. And I would maintain Rashi did that bedafka. Of course, every nuance of Rashi is Baruch HaKodesh. As we know, that first Rashi wrote his commentary on Shas. Then Rashi wrote his commentary on Chumash. And the Chidah brings down Rashi fasted 613 times before he wrote his commentary on Chumash. Furthermore, Rashi wrote many additions until he finally... And our tradition is every word of Rashi was written so there are Kabbalistic meanings of every nuance of Rashi. So if Rashi switched the order of the Medrash, there's a reason why Rashi first says Edom and then Yishmael. So we have four Golosim. They could be broken up into eight Golosim. And what we want to know today is who's going to stand last. So in the last battle between Esau and Yishmael, between the United States of America versus, I don't know, Palestinians, Hamas, all of our great cousins in the Middle East, who stands last, United States or our cousins? And I'm, saying, I'm not here to, today to give opinions. There's not a political sh- sheer. I'm not a pundit. I'm here to tell you what Chazal say. So let's start with the Gemara Navodazara. Gemara says in the end of days, God will take a Sefer Torah. I asked them uh, at Flam, Chef Flam, to bring out all the Sefer Torah for the Shir. God's going to take out the Sefer Torah, and He's going to hold it up, and he's, he's going to say, whoever learned this, come and get your reward. So all the nations are going to say, yeah, we, uh, we support Torah. 
We, uh, all the tax monies goes to the yeshivas in New Jersey. We're big proponents of Tyra. And the Gemara says, all the nations of the world are going to clamor to get reward in great confusion, sort of like lunch. And people are not going to know. And God's going to say, wait, wait a second. One at a time. One at a time. So Hashem, uh, they're going to say, okay, who should go first? So the Gemara says that God is going to say, whoever is most chashuv will go first. So Gemara asks, who's most chashuv? So Gemara says, the most chashuv of all the nations is Rome. United States of America. Why? Why are they so chashuv? They give the following argument. They say, we built many malls. We built many bathhouses. We amassed a large economy. And everything we did is so that the Jewish people should be able to learn Tyra. And God is going to say, you fools. You fools. Interesting. God's not going to say, you liars. Because they're not liars. That's why they did it. That's why God made them, says Abraskarov, make marketplaces and streets and amass an economy to support Tyra. But they're fools because that wasn't their intention. And Hashem's going to say, you did it for your own purposes, to indulge, to enjoy life. Therefore you get no reward. And the Gemara says, Rome walks out, they walk out uh, despondent. Then the Gemara says, the next nation that walks in is Paras, Persia. Now that's odd. Persia? You know when the last time there was a Persian? Last time there was a Persian was the day before Alexander the Great became the emperor of the world. And when Alexander the Great took over, he wiped out Persia. If you want to see anything about uh, the Persian Empire, you could go to the British Museum. And over there, they have a mug. And they, the, most of the mug is gone, but there's a handle of a mug that a Persian once drank hot cocoa from. That's the last relic of the Persian Empire. And yet the Gemara says, in the end of days, the most hush uh, of nation after Rome will be Persia. And they're going to say, everything we did was so that the Jewish people should learn Tyra. Now interesting, the Gemara says, what did they do? We built bridges, we waged wars, and the Gemara compares Persia to what animal? And that is very important. What? A bear. A bear. A bear. Because they're hairy like bears. And they eat like bears. And they engage in pleasure like bears. Okay. So God's going to say, you think you waged war so that uh, the Jewish people should be able to learn Tyra. You think you built bridges so that the Jewish people should be able to learn Tyra. Everything you did, you did for yourself. Get out of here. Get lost. And the Gemara says they walk out despondent and the only nation to be rewarded in the end of days will be the Jewish people. Frek the Gemara. The Gemara has a kasha. Why is Rome and Persia the most chashav of all the nations? The Gemara says because they will be the only two empires that will last until Mashiach comes. Okay? So the Gemara is telling us that before the end of days there will be two world superpowers Rome, USA, 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 and Persia that crumbled a thousand years ago. What's the Gemara talking about? Then the end of days, there'll only be two nations, Roimi and Paras. What's Paras? What's the Gemara talking about? Paras, Persia? I know what you're thinking. It means Iran. Iran and Persia have nothing to do with each other. The Persian Empire crumbled. Iran today are from their Middle Eastern. They're probably from somewhere in forsaken place in China. You want to say is that if that makes you more comfortable, in the end of days, there'll be two world superpowers, the United States and Iran. 
it's doubtful that when the Gemara refers to paras, it means I ran. If that makes you more comfortable, no problem. You could leave now. You could enjoy You could go to the tea room. You could have some shahakal cake. You could drink a tea. But I don't think that's what the Gemara means. So what does the Gemara mean? Paras will be the other nation besides Roimi that will stand in the end of days. Another Gemara, Gemara Numa. Now you could take the approach that it's an Agatha Gemara and we have no idea what it means and we don't know who Roimi is and we don't know who Paras is and this Gemara is meaningless and it's in, it's in the Talmud but there's nothing we could take from it and therefore we're just, it's an exercise in reading Aramaic words. That's another approach if that makes you happy. Gazantahate. There's another important Gemara, Gemara Numa. The Gemara says in the end of days there will be two nations, Roimi and Paras, and one will destroy the other before Mashiach comes. So now the question is, who destroys who? I'm Rabbi Shoben Levi. I'm our Rebbe. Rebbe, the redactor of the Mishnah. Rebbe says, Asida Roimi Shatipo Biad Paras. United States is going down. And it's going to fall to Paras. That's what the uh, Gemara says in Yuma Dafyad. The Gemara brings the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan concurs. And Rabbi Yochanan makes a very unusual Kavachimer. I'm going to say it quickly. If you don't understand it, don't worry. Don't become depressed. Don't, it's going to remind you of Yeshiva. I'm not here to do that. But in case you might want to know the Kavachimer, the Gemara says... The Gemara says, who destroyed the first base Hamikdash? The Babylonians. Who destroyed the Babylonians? The Romans. And who destroyed the Romans? The Persians. And who built the second temple? The Persians. Says the Gemara, if the first base Hamikdash that was destroyed by the Babylonians, they fell to the Persians, then if the Persians built the second base Hamikdash, they could for sure knock off the Romans. Okay, bottom line is the Gemara makes the Kavachoymer. Persia will defeat Rome. And then the Gemara brings a contrary view. Asida paras shatipo biad Persia will fall to Rome. United States stands last. It's machloikis. We don't really know who will stand in the end of days. It's either paras, who we don't know who that is, or it's roimi, who we're assuming is the United States. One will beat the other. We don't know who will stand last. Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan says, Paras stands last. Rav says, Roimi stands last. Comes the Maral, and the Maral has one simple question. What happened to Yishmael? We know Yishmael is a very powerful empire. They've lasted for 3,000 years. They occupy a large portion of the world. Their religion is very powerful. Their ethnicity is very powerful. Why is Yishmael never mentioned in the discussion of world superpowers? The Maral gives two answers. The first answer you're going to love, the Maral doesn't really like it. The Maral's first answer is, the definition of a world superpower is a power that usurps its kayach from the Jewish people. God endowed King David with Malchus Ilah, the Rebbe is the king of the world. He endowed David Melech Yisrael to reflect, to be the ambassador of godly dominion. And anyone who takes that away, takes away Jewish sovereignty. So the Babylonians came along, they destroyed the first temple, we're down in the dumps, the Babylonians took away our Malchus, 
And then they were conquered by the Persians, and the Persians took away the Babylonians' Malchus, who took away our Malchus, and then the Greeks came along, and they took away the Persians' Malchus, that really belongs to us, and ultimately it fell into the hands of the Romans, and therefore, Chazal tell us in the Gemara Megillah, that the relationship between Rome and Klal Yisrael is that, Kishazekam Zenoifel. That if somebody were to say Jerusalem is built and Caesarea is built, don't believe them. If anybody says they both lay in ruins, don't believe them. It's either one or the other. Either the Jewish people rule or the Romans rule. Because it's one melucha, it's one power. Never shall they both rule the world. Therefore, says the Maral, Yishmael is not on the list. Because Yishmael did not usurp the Malchus of Klal Yisrael. Yishmael has their own independent source of Malchus. What's Yishmael's source of Malchus? The prayer of Abraham. Lu Yishmael Yichyalifanecha. Yishmael's Kayach comes from the Tefillah of Abraham Avinu. And therefore, Klal Yisrael could be successful, and Yishmael could be successful, and Klal Yisrael could be down in the dumps, and Yishmael could be down in the dumps. We don't have this seesaw relationship with Yishmael. But we do with Esav. And therefore, Yishmael is not on the list because they never usurped the Kayach of Klal Yisrael. Instead, they have their own independent Kayach. However, Maral says that's not the definitive reason. The definitive reason why Yishmael is not counted as one of the Malchus is because they are one of the Malchus. They are? Which one? Paras. Paras is Yishmael. Persia, Persia is Yishmael. Ah, Yavon conquered Paras. Says Maral, a Golos, a Malchus, is not an ethnicity, it's not a religion, it's a personality trait. And the Yishmaelim and the Parsiim have the exact same personality trait. They build bridges and they fight wars. Now this short comment of the Maral opens up basically Shas's viewpoint of the last two nations who will be standing in the end of days. Roimi, United States of America. Oh, now we understand why the Gemara repeatedly, in Abed Zaradaf Beis, in Yuma Daf Yud, the Gemara repeatedly says the other nation that will last until the end of days is Paras, but we asked Paras fell a thousand years ago. Yeah, sure they did. But the personality trait of Paras is very strong today. Who are they? Yishmael. Which means that according to the Gemara in Abed Zara, there will be two nations that last until the end of days. Roimi, United States of America, and Paras, Yishmael, the Western world, and the Arab world. And who will stand last? It's also very simple. It's a Gemara in Yuma, Daf Yud. It's Machloikis, Rebbe and Rabbi Yochanan versus Rav. Rebbe and Rabbi Yochanan say, Paras stands last. And now that doesn't make anybody feel comfortable. That's not my job here. According to the Gemara in Yuma, Rebbe and Rabbi Yochanan say, Para stands last. According to Rav, Roimi stands last. So the question is, is there a Psak Halacha about this? Is there a definitive viewpoint regarding who will stand last? Is it Paras, which according to Maral is Yishmael? Or is it Roimi? I mean, that would be important to know. 
who will be the last nation standing before Mashiach comes? There's a concept that there are two Mashiachs. Mashiach ben David, Mashiach ben Yosef. Really? I thought that's... It's a, the Gemara talks about it. The Gemara Masech the Sukkah and Daphnon Beis says there are two Mashiachs. Mashiach ben David, Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben Yosef is compared to what animal? A shar. Yosef is Bechar, Shoiroi, Hodar, Lein, Ax. Mashiach ben David is compared to a chamor. Oni, V'roichev al chamor. Comes the Vilna Goin in his commentary to Safra Ditzniyusa, and the Goin says, well, it's very interesting. We have two Mashiachs. One is a Shar, one is a Chamar. But we also know that in the end of days, there are two Golosim. There's Edoim and Yishmael. What is Esav compared to in Chazal? He's called Parim Abirim. He's called a bull. He's called an ox. What is Yishmael compared to? Shavu Lachem Poi Im Hachamar. Says the growth, very interesting. So we have Mashiach ben David, who's compared to a Chamar, and we have Golos Yishmael, that's compared to a Chamar. Says the Grah, Mashiach ben David will take us out of Golos Yishmael. And we have Golos Edoim, that's compared to Ashar. Mashiach ben Yosef will take us out of Golos Edoim. What comes first? Mashiach ben David or Mashiach ben Yosef? Mashiach ben Yosef. That means Mashiach ben Yosef takes the Jews out of America. Mashiach ben David takes Kal Yisrael out of Golos Yishmael. Who comes last? Mashiach ben David. That means the Shita of the Gra is in the war between Yishmael and Edom. Yishmael comes last. That's the opinion of the Vilna Gaim. So where does Reb Chaim Knievsky come in on this? That's the big question. That's what you all want to know. That's why you came today. Does Reb Chaim Knievsky, Zecher Tzach, because of Racha, have a viewpoint regarding who will stand last, United States of America or Yishmael? And the answer is Reb Chaim has a very definitive viewpoint and he writes explicitly. You know where he writes this? In his commentary to Chad Gadya, of all places, because by then everyone's asleep. And that's the best place to hide the biggest secrets. So we have this song, Chad Gadya, and it's a rather unusual song. We don't know who wrote it. The Benishchai has a tshuva that if anybody mocks fun of Chad Gadya, we put you in cheram. Okay? So you don't want to start up, you don't want to mess around with Chad Gadya, you don't want to consider it a nursery rhyme, you want to consider Chad Gadya Kodesh Kadashim. Because the last thing you want to do the Seder night is end up in Cherem, you know? Like, here you, you put in so many months of work saving up money to go to a hotel. And you wanted to, you want to come out of the night feeling like, you know, it was worthwhile. The last thing you want to do is end up in Cherem. So you want to consider Chad Gadya a very holy song. Reb Chaim Knievsky says, how many characters do we have in Chad Gadya? You know, people would joke, you know, eh, Reb Chaim Kiesu, when you would ask him a question and he gave an answer, was he, didn't he, did he even know I was there? Was it, a, was it a directed answer? Was it a specific answer? Reb Chaim said if people would know how much richuz machshava went into every comment that he gave every petitioner, 
they would not know how it's humanly possible for one person to have the capacity to give even five of those answers a day. And this is something Reb Chaim wrote, you know. There's a sugyim psachim regarding when you make a bracha on a mitzvah, do you say al or do you say li? There are different shitas in the Rishayim. Reb Chaim Kinevsky has gone through the sugya in a way that nobody ever went through the sugya. He brings down in his Sefer Nachal Eson ten approaches to one of the most complex sugyas and shas, when you say al, when you say le. So they asked Reb Chaim about one of his approaches, and he says, I can't remember about a Sefer I wrote before my bar mitzvah. Reb Chaim wrote, the last time I was by Reb Chaim, I, you know, uh, this I have not seen in any of the articles. With all Reb Chaim's godless, I bought two svarim from Reb Chaim. A commentary on Raziel HaMelech, and a commentary of the Sefer Habahir. Two of the most elevated Sifrei Kabbalah, Reb Chaim wrote a perush on both of them. I did not see that. I don't know if people know that. I have, I bought from Reb Chaim, a perush that he wrote on the Sefer Habahir and Raziel HaMelech. Says Reb Chaim, if you notice in Chadgadia, there are eight characters in the Chadgadia. Besides the kid, besides the goat, and besides God, there are eight characters. Says Reb Chaim, who are the eight characters in Chadgadia? The eight characters are the eight Golosim. Okay, who's the cat? Bavel Chazal always compared to a cat. Reb Chaim quotes Targum Yonasem Ben Uziel and Medrash Shoychartayv. The Babylonians are cats. And the Kazdiim, they're dogs. And Modai, they beat the living daylights out of Belshazzar with the stick of the menorah. And Persia is a fire. How do we know? Achashverosh is always burning in anger. And Moikton is water. Ayin Betamid, Aflamid Beis. Alexander Moikton took the water of Gan Eden and he sprinkled it on his face. And then Yavon is the Shor. Kisvu lachem al keren hashor, ein lachem chelek b'kelei Yisrael. And now we have two more jobs left. We have the Shoichet, and we have the Malach HaMavas. And we have two qualified candidates for both jobs. We have Edoim and Yishmael. Who's going to be the Shoichet? And who's going to be the Malachim? It's very hard. And now, you know, you have one job, and you have two candidates, and they're both very well equipped, and they're both very qualified, either to be a murderer or the angel of death. I would have said, maybe different than Reb Chaim Knievsky. My grandfather, Zechatzak Levracha, passed away on the first day of Pesach last year at 106 years old. He was a Talmud Muvuk of Rav Menachem Zemba, a Ben Bayis by Rav Menachem Zemba. He saw his grandfather, his grandfather was best friends of the Malbum in 1860. So I could look at my Zayda, I see a number of people here who knew my Zayda. I could look at my Zayda and I saw someone who knew someone who knew the Malbum. I could look at my Zayda and he took me back 160 years. My grandfather was in all the dark places, in Auschwitz, in Dachau. He saw Dr. Mengele. Who's Dr. Mengele? What's his name? He's the angel of death. He's the Malach HaMavas. So I would have said, Edoim! Edoim's the Malach HaMavas. Yishmol's the Shoichet. And I would say, Rav would say that, because Rav says the last nation standing is going to be Edoim. 
But Reb Chaim says, not so fast. Reb Chaim says, the angel of death is Edom. And the last nation standing is the Malach HaMoves, is Yishmael. Says Reb Chaim, how do I know Yishmael will defeat Roimi? Says Reb Chaim, it's the opening Balaturim. The end of Parshas Chayisara, beginning of Toldois. Chayisara ends with the downfall of Yishmael. Parshas Toldois, Eile Toldois, Yitzchak. Yitzchak is always a remez to the Geula. The Balaturim says, when Yishmael falls in the end of Dades, Oz Yavoy Ben David. So the Balaturim says explicitly, the last nation to stand will be Yishmael. So one thing we know for sure, there'll be two world superpowers in the end of days. Paras and Roimi. Who stands last is a Machloikes Rav. Rav says United States of America. And Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi say Yishmael. What does the Baal Aturim say? Yishmael. I am Bepirkid Rebbe Lezer, Yishmael. Who's the Poisek Achorin on such a thing? I guess Reb Chaim Kanievsky. What does Reb Chaim say? Yishmael. Does that make us feel good? Not at all. Here's another twist in that. The Gemara says the last nation standing will be Paras and Roimi. Who's Paras compared to? What animal? A beer. What nation in the world today is compared to a bear? Uh, there you go. Anybody know what the Vilna Gaon says about Russia? Which nation is Russia? The Gra writes explicitly. Paras. The Gra identifies Paras as Russia. So that means in the end of days, that's Marau, this is the Gra. The Gra says, the last nation standing is USSR. So what do you do with all this? We go to the Rambam. And the Rambam says nobody should waste any time thinking about these things. Because nobody really knows what's going to happen in the end of days because we have no clear tradition regarding the exact happenings, the Akras Hayamim. And contemplating these things, says the Rambam, does not bring to your Shamayim, does not bring to Shmiras HaMitzvahs, but Torah we have definitive viewpoints in the Gemara. The Gemara tells us Roimi and Paras. We have definitive identifications from the Vilna Gaon. We have definitive identifications from the Maharal. It says the Sefer Kavayashar that if you add up Edoim and Yishmael, you get a numerical value of. 502. If you add up the number of years that Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov walked on this planet, Avraham lived 175 years, Yitzchak lived 180, Yaakov Avinu lived 147 years. Also gets you 502. Says the Kavayosha until the end of days, there's a battle between the Bnei Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that try to disseminate the knowledge of the Shem Havaya, the Yud Kevavke. And there's a battle between Edom and Yishmael who try to downplay and to cloud and to darken the power of the Yud Kevavke. And until the end of days, these two forces will counterbalance.
But what's the greatest danger in the world? Says the Gra, the greatest danger in the world is if Esav and Yishmael ever came together, if they ever united. Says the Gra, if Edoim and Yishmael ever united, they would destroy the world. That's the comment of the Gra. Why, says the Gra? Gra says an amazing thing. He says that the Esav is the Bechar. So Esav is Kayin. Yishmael is the younger son, is Hevel. Anybody know, you know, before, before Yom Tif, you got a suit, you took your suit to the Shatnas laboratory. What's wrong with Shatnas? Why can't you have wool and linen together? See, it's a chayk. Says Perkiz Rebelezer, no, it's not a chayk. There's a very simple reason for it. You had a guy by the name of Kayin. Kayin brought Miprihu Adama, he brought linen. Hevel brought Reishat Sinai, he brought wool. You can never mix Kayin and Hevel together. When Kayin and Hevel come together, they destroy the world. Esau is Kayin, and Yishmael is Hevel. And that's why you can't plow with an ox and a donkey together. Because the Shor is Esau, and the Chamar is Yishmael. But if they ever came together, says the Gra, they would destroy the world. I found in the writings of my Zayda that there was a time in history that he personally witnessed that Esau and Yishmael came together and they almost destroyed the world. When he was in Auschwitz and he saw Eichmann and Eichmann invited a special guest to Auschwitz, the Mufti from Jerusalem. And Eichmann and the Mufti sat arm in arm and they marched Yidin in front of them and they beat them in a way that it would be not possible for them to have children again. And that was the entertainment of Eichmann and the Mufti. And my grandfather wrote in his memoirs, this is a kiyom of the Pasuk, Vayelech Esav el Yishmael. And as the Gros says, you want to know what the world will look like when Esav and Yishmael get together? Auschwitz, that's what it is. The unification, the unity of Esav and Yishmael. In fact, in 1945, the Germans were marching north toward up the Middle East. And they were going to come and they were going to wipe out the state of Israel, Palestine, in no time. In fact, when the Arabs got word that the Germans were coming into Palestine, they, they broadcast on the radio, Jews, we're going to bathe in your blood, we're going to abuse your women, we're going to abduct your children, we're going to slaughter you. They were waving Nazi signs, welcoming the Nazis. And the Nazis were going to wipe out Palestine in 10 days. People don't know, a, a tremendous miracle happened. The Nazis had just marched through uh, the desert. They had no water to drink. And uh, the British had the mandate in Palestine. And they tested out the water pipes. And they ran seawater through the water pipes. And the Nazi soldiers drank the seawater. They almost famished. And Rommel had to go back to Europe. It was a Nisim Vineflois, Miracle Al Alamein, that the, the Nazis were not able to come. Uh, famously, the Panovitcherov was founding the Panovitcher Yeshiva at the time. By the way, at the time, all of the Rabbanim, all the Rosh Yeshivas gathered together. They, what are we going to do? The Jews of America are disappearing. The Jews of Europe are destroyed. The, there are very few Yeshiva Bachim and Eretz at the time. We're next. It's going to be a Chorbin all over the world. And the Panovitcherov got up and he said, Hashem has a bris with Klai Yisrael. The Torah will always remain. We'll, uh, 
Brisi Vzois Brisi Itam. And the Panovich Rav said we're going to be eligible to Siata Dushmaila And a great miracle happened, and the Germans had to go south. There was one other time in history where Esav and Yishmael came together. When else in history did Esav and Yishmael come together? Purim. You ever think about that? The only time, other than the Holocaust, where there was a decree, Laharig, Lahashmid, Lahashmid or Laharig, as Kola Yehudim, Minar is when a man by the name of Haman from Edoim made a treaty with Achashverosh from Paras. Hey, how was he able to destroy the world? I thought the Gros says that when Edoim and Yishmael got, to get, get together to destroy the world. But Achashverosh is not Yishmael. Paras and Yishmael is the same Ummah. It's the same entity. It's the same identity. Two <coughs> times in history... Edom and Yishmael get together and those were the two most dangerous moments in the collective history of the Jewish people. So that is why the Rav Hashem does us a big favor. He makes sure that Ad Hayoim, Edom and Yishmael never get together. And that's why we wish both of these Umais in their war against each other, Bracha v'Hatzlacha. We wish them both great success. They should both accomplish everything they set out to accomplish. And ultimately, whoever stands last, we have a haftacha that with the fall of these two umais, the Oz Yitzmach ben David, and according to Reb Chaim Knievsky, this is how the Seder ends off. That after the, the kid, and after the cow, and after the cat, and after the dog, and after the stick, and after the water, comes the Abba, comes Avinu Shabbat Shamayim, and he takes the Gedi, that's us, and the Rivan Shem brings us back, and we should all be Zoycha. You know, we have a tradition. Chassam Soifer brings in the very first simon in Hilchas Pesach. Anybody know? When is the third Beis HaMikdash scheduled to be built? Chassam Soifer deals with the Kasha of the Magen Avram. You know, Magen Avram wants to know, why do we not say Tachnon the whole month of uh, Nisan? We only have a reason for the first 22, 23 days. So the Magen Avram calls the Beis Yosef, who has a very big chidush, Hoyl v'yotza roiv hachoydash b'kedusha. But the Mepharshim say, if you look in Masech Soifrim, which is a source, I'm not saying Tachnon and Chodesh Nisan, Masech Soifrim says, the reason we don't say Tachnon in Chodesh Nisan, is because aside from the beginning of the month, it's also the month of Chinuch Bayes Hashlishi. Says the Chsam Soifer, the Kafachayim quotes it as well. That our tradition is the third Beis Hamikdash will be built on Pesach. Look it up. Chsam Soifer and Shochanach. The problem is, when are we going to inaugurate it? We can't inaugurate it on Pesach. In Marvin Simcha Basimcha. Says the Chsam Soifer, the last seven days of Chodesh Nisan, we don't say Tachnon. Not because Hol Viyatsa but because they will be the future days of the inauguration of the Bayis Hashlishi, Sheyibanibim Her Viyaminu. So may we all be Zoycha to that great day. Sheyibane, Beis Mikdash, Bim Her Viyaminu, Amen. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.